The VOD Squad is brought to you with support from our amazing patrons. Join us live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Central on Twitch. Everybody and welcome back to another exciting episode of the VOD Squad, the show where we talk about streaming technology. This is episode 235 on uh, May 19th, 2021. I am Clyde and today I am joined by Matthew Russ. Hello everybody. Jimmy Trammell. Hey guys. And Michael Eston. Howdy y'all. What up guys? What is going on? It's been a, it, it May is here and halfway done. School is going to be done soon. Thank goodness. I think it's been a weird year. So I can't, this, I can't wait for this year to be, school year to be over with. And we can start again with a normal year this year because this has been a weird one. I'm, I'm excited to be done with this school year. Very much so. Yeah. I, I, I agree completely. I don't have, a job that is impacted by the schools, but I gotta say, I swear it feels like it's been about three or four years since since the beginning of this whole COVID thing. <laughs> it felt that way, didn't it? On a broader yeah. note, though, we are getting closer to three hundred episodes. No, that's true. We are. What do we do for a three hundredth episode? I mean, well, um, besides yeah. the obvious. Well, we've got about a year, or well. 300 we've still like 70 episodes that's like a year and a half away right oh okay yeah that's true okay (laughs) (laughs) he's looking forward to it you scared me for a minute i was like wait okay well we're getting close to 250 maybe we should there you go that's fair uh what what's what's the what is the gift for 250 like Uh, anniversary (laughs) 250th anniversary gift yeah i know like (laughs) silver is 25 right because uh, 50 oh, is gold. Is. Oh, wow. So it's 10 oh. times gold. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, silver. Oh, yeah. What's 10 times silver? <laughs> uh, Press platinum. platinum. Maybe, maybe we could all wear uh, Bobo Fat helmets on the 250th episode. What? Okay. what? Where am I going to find a Bobo Fat helmet? Ask Mike. I'm sure he would know. Well, he probably <laughs> has one. <laughs> no. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> Oh, that's all right. No, no he's got to, he's, no, get right, Jimmy. He's got a Django Fett. Oh, um, yeah. It's, way, it's completely oh, different. Yeah, of course. Oh, man. I definitely oh, would agree with that statement that they're completely different, but I have no Mandalorian helmets. But, uh, but wasn't, wasn't Boba Fett just wearing Django Fett? I was armor? about to get nerdy and say, actually, that's the exact <laughs> they, same, piece exact of armor. same thing. That, that was my point. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Just hasn't been repainted yet. You know that Boba Fett literally took the took his his father's head out of that helmet and wore it for <laughs> years and years. It's a little creepy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's okay. Ah, oh, how are we doing otherwise? Everybody happy? I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's great. I mean, this is this is always the high point of my week. So, well, 
Okay, well, I'm so happy to tell you. Well, we're going to start the week off by telling you about what may be the story of the week. TCL uh-huh. has been uh, has been re- has released a couple of their big star uh, big. Uh, uh, televisions that they're now available yeah. there's been some uh, w- w- uh they've been coming up to these guys for a little while uh they've got their new 85 inch 4k model there's uh two different versions of it the 6000 series six series yeah. and the seven series we, we talked about that a couple months ago that that well, was coming they're now available to the, with the, the lower end six series starting out uh, for uh which looks like 1600 dollars, and you can get the mm. nicer uh, seven series uh, which has a couple new better features like uh, it's a QLED monitor it's got your uh, 120 hertz display with variable variable refresh rate which is actually really cool if you're a gamer uh, it's starting off for three thousand dollars so uh, I want to let people know that these uh, pretty awesome looking TVs for a pretty decent price are now available yeah it seems like it's a, a couple of really good TVs uh, I tend to err on the side of the higher quality display um, versus the the larger display. So I'd be much more inclined to step up to the quantum dot 70 inch or so and, and get that for the same price as the 85 inch. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it is like nice 80. to be able to get a big TV depending on the room that you've got. I definitely prefer the higher quality, though, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, say the, I mean, 85 inch for 1600 is a compelling argument. Yeah, I know. Mm. Just, just, just looking at the wall and thinking, yeah, I could cover up most of that wall with that. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, that that would fit That's... perfect in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it fit perfectly in your bedroom. Where would you put the bed? <laughs> well, the bed's on the other side of the room. <laughs> Also, I just want to note that uh, TCL obviously is saving money with their their stands here. Can you see these stands on these things? These things well, are the cheapest things. <laughs> uh, number one, I kind of like TCL's two leg stands, mm-hmm. partly because I've had TVs with giant bases, and when yeah. you take it off, you have to figure out what to do with the giant base. That's true. Number two they know that 90% of the people are going to take them off and wall mount the TV. Yeah. So, um, so they saved the buck there, obviously. (laughs) Well, or or maybe it's a little bit of branding. I mean, those are upside down T's, right? They are Mm T's. Which is new because the previous ones were like weird L's that came out and they were in the middle like this, but, uh, so they've done the T's, they've done the L's. Where's the C mounts? That's what I want to know. So, so the TCL. It, maybe it, that's, it, that's the only the, the C mount is only on their marine screens. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Amazon has picked up the option to uh, play some WNBA games as a part of this year. And it looks like it's going to be a multi-year deal. Uh, they've got permission. To, uh, they've got the rights to play uh, many of the different games, including uh, the Commissioner's Cup game, which is uh, one of the games to do. Yes, sir. Right off the bat, I want to know how much did the WNBA pay Amazon to air these? <laughs> I bet you they went the other way, but who knows? The deals, the, I doubt the, it. the, the money for the deals have not been uh, released. It is going to be available on Prime Video for you to watch if you are interested in watching some of these NBA games, uh, WNBA games. As I previously mentioned, uh, WNBA was the one 
league that was not affected by or attendance was not affected by COVID. <laughs> the stadiums were just as empty as they always were. But they well, had they had a benefit because they're used to playing without a crowd. <laughs> All right, uh, so and here we are with a, st a story which uh, some experts say is the story of the week. Disney is, has made some decisions about how they're going to uh, uh, be releasing their movies. Uh, some of their movies, they are going to continue to do their kind of day and date release with the uh, with the release of their movies uh, on the Disney Plus platform at simultaneously for a fee. And but most of the movies that are going to be coming to streaming will be coming to streaming 45 days after the release to theaters. Uh, this this is a huge, uh, fairly large change from the old time of uh, of being a 90 day window between the two releases. Uh, this is kind of the thing uh, we've all been wondering: how is this going to shake out eventually? Since we know that streaming is going to be much more important in the future, and that 90 day window was so solidified. Uh, what do you guys think of going to 45 days? I don't care. I mean, Mr. The Clyde? obvious question is, what's the impact on uh, on theater on theater chains and stuff? It's it's interesting to me because I still love going to theaters and would go to a theater if um, if they had the if they were open like normal and um, had the movies that I wanted to watch. You know, I'd go, especially to the nicer theaters like Alamo Draft House or whatever. Um, uh, you know, the the key is that I think theaters are going to have to compete on more than just being the place where you can see the movie that's only available to you. It's going to be going to have to be a place where you like going for for the specifics of that theater. You know, the food, the comfortable seating, the big screen with the great surround sound and stuff like that, and um, you know, for me, action movies will still be best experienced in, in regular theaters. All I know is none of the theaters I actually like are anywhere near me. So, <laughs> yeah, I have no interest. They, I, I will say that Free Guy movie is the only movie that I'm actually kind of interested in. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. Well, Good now you only have to wait 45 we... days to watch it in your own home. Which just means yeah. I, I'll probably never watch it. Oh. Well, it's good to know in case we do end up doing a movie draft, not to get this one because Clyde is interested in it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, 45 days does sound about right, though. I mean, you know, with, you know, other... It's uh, better than 90 days, definitely. Or like, you know, with uh, Warner Brothers, right? Uh, or... Who is it that's uh, releasing it on the? Um, it's Warner on Warner, HBO Max. Right on HBO Max, right? But Which I mean, they, still they the do same day, right? This and the stuff that they did same day still was the biggest draw in the theater. So, you know, yeah. well, uh, being being the biggest draw in the theater right now isn't much of a claim. There's there's very it, little really competing it, for that. I mean, it's getting I better. Think, the, the real question is what what is the impact? And I'm not sure that it is that much because really, if you weren't willing to wait 90 days, you probably aren't willing to wait 45 days, right? Like if you're one of those people that wants to see the movie on release date or as soon as possible, you're still gonna go see it regardless of whether or not you have to wait 45 or 90 days if you don't pay. Um, the way I look I at it, doesn't matter what the reason is, bragging rights are bragging rights. We <laughs> could have the the most downloaded podcast on a weekend only because 
not one other single person uploaded their podcast that weekend. We I don't would care totally about the technicality. I totally brag about that. it's it's an interesting discussion about what is best for everybody, what's best for theaters. I think that uh, I always thought that ninety days was way too long. So. 45 days feels better. I mean, that's yeah. a month of 30 days really seems about like about right to me. If you ask me really after if a month, if I haven't seen the movie, it's like, okay, I'm not, I'm really not interested in seeing that unless it's a huge hit. And I just haven't been able to see it for some reason. I'm not going to go back and go, Oh yeah, I never got to see that. I should go see it in the theaters. That's not really. Where I, I'm that, so. It would be interesting to see what the typical movie um, grosses are in theaters. It feels like, in a in a busy in a busy movie release time, that the majority of your money is made within the first two to three weeks, like and by by that I mean like by far the vast majority of your money, not just a little bit, you know, like 90 percent. So um, yeah, if if people are willing to see it, I don't think that for that, that difference is going to make that much difference. And like you said, people are um, People are wanting to see it right up front. If they're going to go see it, they're not going to pay full price, you know, what, eight weeks into the movie release? At least not most people. I got to ask, can you guys hear that? Nope. Okay. Uh, I'm, I think I somehow ended up in Florida. There's like a hurricane outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the show ends early, guys, now you know why. I, I, I heard something that sounded like an alligator bouncing off the roof. So, <laughs> um, Sharknado. <laughs> maybe. Alligafoon? Alligafoon? No, 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 I can't do that. Uh, all right. Uh, so here's the story, which uh, LG would say is the story of the week. They've had, they've made an announcement about their new line of the of speakers, their uh, their uh, uh, sound bars. They've uh, got two models in particular they want you to know about. That one is the SP9YA, which is a 520 watt model, and SP8YA, which is a 440 watt model. Uh, both of those are going to be about a thousand dollars to eight hundred dollars. These guys are able to provide you with uh, AirPlay two. They're going to be setting up a room calibration automatically. They have spatial awareness, so they're able to like decide the, how to design the sound for your room huh. automatically. Uh, it's an interesting uh, lineup of uh, new new sound bars. They've also got some uh, less expensive ones. Some uh, uh, the, uh, the SPD seven Y. You know. LG is uh, famous for their naming conventions, uh, which is going to be a, a 380 watt model that's going to be providing uh, you those uh, nice sounds uh, with 4K pass through for for $399, and the SP7Y, which is a um, and an SP2, which are two or lower end models that for oh well, one's actually more expensive, it's $450 and $179 for the other one, uh, which are ones that are going to be set up for. Uh, your monitor, your televisions to have the nice 5.1 and 2.1 sound solutions. Yeah, I'm not paying a thousand dollars for a sound bar. Oh, <laughs> why not? 179. It better be really good, and I I would consider it. But yeah, thousand dollars, you can get a lot of home theater goodness for around a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Is, it, is it just a soundbar for the thousand dollars? I thought yes. it was going to be like a complete. It's a it's, it's a soundbar sound that has like a five point one 
channel with a sub separate a yeah sub. but they're it's doing still, they're they're not doing actual surround right. zone they're doing that simulated dolby where they bounce it off the ceilings right um which works it, it uh you know when when done right it is awesome i mean mm-hmm. mike and i sat in that creative one watching that uh fast and furious presents movie and that was just a single sound bar sitting in the front, bouncing the sound around the room. And it was, it was awesome. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't want to pay a thousand dollars for that one either. Um, I actually, I think that one was like 500, but still. I do think that the, the, the thousand dollar one has, um, has the rear satellite speakers wireless All right. um, from other, other information that I've read about it. So you know the the three all of the 3.12.2 those are all in the sound bar mm-hmm. but the one that's a thousand dollars actually has two okay. rear um yeah live speakers so still. it is it is it's still very expensive i think my issue is that my experiences with lg audio um it has not been terribly good from a sound bar perspective their sound bars seem to be very middle of the road from a sound sound quality perspective so unless they've made some really big advances versus their previous generations um i i would probably lean towards another brand that's if they took focused on audio which always confused me because the sound the lg audio is the whole one of the main reasons i liked lg phones mm-hmm. but it was like most you know, home audio people talk to your mobile division. They seem to get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm you. You agree with me, don't you? That their sound bars have been. Yeah, I, uh, like I said, their quality. their other offerings have never been really compelling. I mean, the phones are the only product from LG I've ever been like super interested in. I've had a couple LG TVs, and they failed very fast and left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, but yeah, the when I'd see their stuff in the store, it just seemed overpriced for kind of the quality, the fit and finish and sound was yeah. okay. I I have an LG Plasma that's very old and mm-hmm. its audio quality was great on that one. In fact, it without any additional speakers, it still sounds better it, than any other system is, in my house. Is that one of the ones where it still has forward facing speakers? That's yep. why. Yeah. My new LG TV has absolutely atrocious sound. Yep. It's total garbage. Um, and so that's, you know, pretty expected though. Most TVs have pretty, pretty garbage sound. Um, and so I, I don't, I, don't I have an LG TV. Anymore. I have an LG TV, but I've never heard it sound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even Jimmy, who has the it expensive LG, doesn't even use their sound. That's um, that's fair. I mean, that's that's the right way to do it. I I had ordered a sound bar when I bought my TV, um, but I used the sound on it for about a week before it arrived, and um, I was I was very excited when that sound bar arrived. Very cool. All right, uh, we have a story here which. Uh, 
Uh, four out of five uh, citizens of Mumbai agree is the story of the week. Uh, Amazon is debuting another free video streaming service, but this time in India, uh, which sounds like a really crazy idea to have a streaming service that's already available there for free, which is IMDb TV. And now they've released a new, another streaming service, which is called Mini TV, which mostly has older titles available for, the, uh, for that region. Uh, but if you think about the huge population of India, this actually might be a really smart play by them to kind of corner that market. So there you go. More, more, more content for our Indian um, uh, watchers and listeners. Looking at this picture, I'm sorry. Uh, is the Amazon smile getting more and more phallic? <laughs> so it used uh, to have like a, at least some sort of a point to make it an arrow, but it does that logo there. Uh, it does, so it's know, rounded it now. It's been like that for a while, actually. Okay, I just—I guess I haven't noticed <laughs> it. And your and your mind is clearly in I, some gutter somewhere. <laughs> no, it's. I, I, I think he's talking about the Silicon Valley reference there. No, I. But yeah, that it fits. It's I, I it's undeniable. They made a minor change a while back, and you are correct. When they did it, it was it was not a good choice. Uh, Jeff Bezos telling everybody I, what he's gonna do, what he's doing. <laughs> Um, but uh, see your doctor everybody that's not that's not a natural shape so here we go <laughs> uh, uh, all right and the story what is clearly uh, 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 considered one of the m most important stories of this week AT&T Discovery is going to be taking uh moving needing to work together and join their forces to make a uber powerful uh, content delivery uh, system for using their combined powers of the, of, uh, the Discovery Network and the Script Network and the Warner Media brands in order to take on the likes of, of uh, Netflix and, Disco and uh, Disney Plus. This is not something that we're going to see in the short term. There's a lot of things that are going to be happening uh, in the background for them in order to make this happen. But this is something that they will probably be doing uh, to create a, a, a bigger, newer channel solution uh, in order to try to gain, you know, more ground. And I, Clyde is already uh, very, very um, No, it's just the way that they're doing this. It's because if you want to take on Disney Plus, okay, you already have a platform that has a bunch of stuff in it. Bring this into HBO Max. Make it another tier. You got HBO Max Plus ultra whatever um do it that way as an add-on that's in there rather than doing your normal at&t thing and bringing up a competing product alongside and saying we really don't want this to compete with our other thing we, or oh, they said they 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 would limit what it offers to avoid undermining hbo max well i there's your I, problem I mean, I suspect that that's exactly what they will do. They'll come up with some new system and call it HBO and T plus Max Go. Yeah. You know, their their real strength is in coming up with good new names for their products. And so that's probably what they'll do. Come up with a new, a new mm -hmm. product that has both of them combined, get rid of the old one and give it a clever name like they tend to do. Well, you know, What's going on here is that, you know, this Warner Media and um, Discovery are, are making their own company. They're splitting off from AT&T, right? Yes, that's yeah. right. And, 
and, and full disclosure, I'm an AT&T stockholder. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to get a stake in this new formed company as well, right? Uh, but, uh, and I'll see my stock price diminish a little bit, as well as the dividend that I'm, I'm making uh, off of that, that stock. So, uh, um, but all that, I mean, I don't know, maybe financially it'll work out okay, but the real thing I want to know, am I going to be able to keep my HBO Max free subscription by being an AT&T subscriber when they split? Probably <laughs> not. I'm probably going to have to start paying for it. Well, wait, AT&T is not losing Warner. Yeah, well, they're, gonna, they're splitting that's off. That's kind of what they're announcing no. here is that they're okay. going to split it off and make oh, it something. Oh, I was thinking, I read it as they were losing the Discovery side. No, but they're keeping they're, the Warner. They're 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 working together in order to try to make this new weird yeah. conglomerate. AT and T in Discovery, right? Gotcha. Only foes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Split okay. off okay. No, I read. The, I think I read this wrong. Okay. So right. uh, my only question is. Um, we just recently went through a gigantic amount of money by Warner Media and AT&T to do this huge marketing and naming and branding of, of HBO Max. And they succeeded by forcing it down our throats. And we got this other giant rebranding uh, of Discovery and a bunch of different shows being kind of shoved in there. kind of you know, And that's a lot of money being trying to make that branding work with Discovery+. Plus. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now it's uh, somebody at marketing somewhere is making just bucks, not big bucks here. Oh. Because, because I'm like, oh, I mean, more rebranding? Yes, let's do it. Yes. I, I kind of agree with it in a sense, at least from a management standpoint, because I mean, what they're saying is, okay, AT&T, it's a telecommunications company, right? And Warner Media, they're a media company, right? So let's, let's let the media guys do their thing and then the telecommunication guys do their thing. Right. I mean, that's essentially what they're saying. And they're doing this partner with Discovery, of course. Right. But um, uh, from a management standpoint, it kind of makes sense. But uh, I don't know. You know, we'll see. But, but you know, the whole what Matt was just talking about, the whole marketing branding thing is going to be an issue for them. Right. Yeah. They're going to have they, to do it all just, over again. Yeah. They just did the Discovery Plus. Yep. Um, and it's not it's not easy to do it right and to have a success to that and they've got two successes in a row with that can they pull off a third and not screw up all this <laughs> i don't know probably won't screw it up but you know yeah i don't see what why this seems ridiculous to me i don't know in some ways yes but i mean splitting it up like i say from a management perspective it does kind of make sense but uh but yeah they, they do have a marketing problem no doubt i mean I think that this that this kind of undersells the story, right? Like Clyde, what what Jimmy's talking about is the real story mm -hmm. here. Yeah, the, the business transaction of separating those out is oh, absolutely is really the story because um, I, I feel like one of the things we've seen with AT and T is, you know, I was joking about it with the name. You know, obviously they have marketing issues, especially around their media their media, um, their media divisions. And um, AT&T is just not handling this business well. It, it's, it needs to be free so that it can make its own decisions. Um, I, I haven't seen a lot of really great decisions from uh, AT&T related to these uh, media division companies. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. We have a story here, which is obviously the Apple uh, uh, audio files story of the week is uh, an announcement from Apple that they are going to be releasing a uh, higher quality versions of their audio for Apple Music starting next month. This will be available sometime in June and will provide you with the ability to have uh, Dolby Atmos audio out of, out of either the iPod or out of Android using the service or using their new uh, spatial audio systems, which is available in some of their head, headphones off, uh, that they have. And they will be providing lossless audio to devices that support it. Because Atmos works great in headphones. <laughs> <laughs> that's why i i refer to this much like uh the imax in the theaters i refer to as limax because it's not uh i i refer to this as dolby almost <laughs> um it's great okay i mean better sounding music is good uh if it doesn't cost anybody anything extra that's even better um but yeah, the, the one thing I'll say, I mean, yeah, it's good. I mean, it's good for the audiophiles out there who, who like this kind of thing. It's good. But uh, the, the only advice I would give for your mobile devices, if you're planning on using it on your mobile devices, get the ones with the bigger storage. Hmm. Right. There's hmm. going to be a lot more space, yeah. probably. But well, I mean, when you yeah, but also that's mostly streaming, right? Yeah, the, that's true. The, they're talking about lossless streaming starting yeah. next month. So, so you um, don't need to start. The storage won't be an issue as long as you've got really good, you know, well, I mean, I mean my, not my really good bandwidth, my phone bandwidth. That, my phone that died was had 256 gigs of storage. I was yeah. using like maybe three gigs of it, but well, yeah. I mean, if you're only going to stream whatever's aggregated for you, but if you go to do like your own playlist and that kind of thing, you'll need the storage. Yeah. Well, okay. Or if for offline listening, yes. yes. Yeah, that's, do they allow um, offline listening of all of their music right now? They do, yes. Okay, so yeah. Spotify uh, does too, but store. I never use it because even though I have my own playlists, I still stream them. Yeah, I mean, unlimited if you're flying, bandwidth. that's a good a good yeah. excuse. You know, yep, especially yep. with lossless, you wouldn't want to try to stream that. So this is definitely not for me. I'm the one who compresses my audio down. I used to compress my audio down to 96 kilobit MP3s because it would save a lot of space. Yeah. And I they well, sound fine to me. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I mean, the, the <laughs> trick here is that on average, like, you know, most people can't really tell much difference, but especially with your typical hardware, like if you've got a standard set of headphones or earbuds, you're not going to know the difference no matter how much you think you can. They, they don't have the fidelity necessary to identify the difference in audio quality. True. Also, yeah. I, I wrapped these new uh, headphones for me, some Sony Huron 3s, and they have a feature on them. I forget what it's called, but it actually looks for those, uh, those audible compression noises and fixes them on the fly. It's actually a feature of it where it actually will take like the the hiss of a, of a tam of a hitting a symbol and that how that audio crackleness of that and it actually fixes that on the fly. I don't know if it's, it works well or not. All I gotta say is, uh, hey, there, people are working on fixing this at all ends yeah. here. A anybody that's ridden with me in a car knows that my hearing is so messed up <laughs> that I I don't really care <laughs> what it sounds yeah. like because most people are like. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I need those high frequencies. <laughs> even Apple warns that um, for the quality that you gain, you'll need extra gear to make it worthwhile, like an external yeah. USB digital to analog converter. Uh, yeah. And and that's the thing is the the real the real important thing is you need a good DAC and most mobile devices don't. Uh, so which goes back to my original point: if you're listening to it on oh, headphones, <laughs> it's not really going to make any difference. Now, yeah. if you're going out to an, a really nice DAC, um, maybe through like a tube uh, power amp, then yeah, uh, it with good speakers and something they can actually decode uh <laughs> the, you know uh the the atmos into the proper channels then sure uh great yeah you, de you definitely gotta have the equipment but the the one nice thing about this is they're turning this on and they're not not charging anything extra yeah yeah that's so, true so yeah. that's that's really a, a good deal yeah it's one of those features that it sounds great and they're able to brag about it but mm -hmm. most people aren't going to really have any kind of benefit. Yeah. Some people will. Right. All right. And here is a story which uh, some people would virtually say is the story of the week. Oculus is working on releasing a new update to their Rift platform. I think this is the Oculus Lite. Uh, which one? Which Oculus platform is this? Apparently, it's connected to your phone. Uh, this, this one is getting updates Quest. that will allow you... Is it the Quest? Okay. I think. This one looks like it will be updated in, in, to give a little bit more features with your phone, for including the ability for you to overlay yourself inside your own game. So you can set up a camera and literally see yourself doing your workout. Um, you also, if you have a newer version of uh, iPhone, it looks like an iPhone 7 or better, you'll be able to play, see your uh, notifications while you're in the middle of your game because that's exactly what you want to do in the middle of your game, right? See, see that pop-up that says that, oh, you do need to be somewhere in 10 minutes. Maybe I should stop playing. <laughs> I that that is a cool feature. Um, any anytime you can help a person not get lost in their game and get to their meetings on time, that's good. Um, <laughs> what are you doing on your quest when you should be on a meeting? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you've got you got to take a break in the middle of the day so that you can, you know, keep keep energized. Um, no, but you know, it's, I think that's a cool feature. I don't know that it would make much difference for most people, but it's kind of a cool feature. Um, the idea of watching yourself play one of these games and seeing what it looks like, that's a bad <laughs> idea. Nobody ever actually wants to know how much of a moron they look like when they're playing video games. Actually I do. So I stopped doing that. <laughs> oh, that's what I look like. No, no, no. No, I mean, but Stop. If, if you're having fun. It doesn't matter what is what does it matter right like you're not doing it for for people to see you're doing it to have a good time it doesn't I can't, matter if you look like an idiot i can't bring myself to watch videos of me sitting in this chair talking every week <laughs> i don't want to see videos of me stumbling around my living room looking like a moron um, what if it made you millions of dollars uh, I don't mind gonna... if other people watch it. I don't want to watch it as well. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, clearly, I we we do this every week. Yeah. Let everybody else watch it. That's true. So, so yeah, I guess the point is, it's kind of like masturbation, right? It's pretty fun until somebody sees you doing it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, let's table that one. Yeah, let's <laughs> <move> on. <laughs> Paramount Plus. <laughs> well, what is clearly the story of the week for the Brazilian audience uh, that we have, uh, Paramount Plus is getting access to the Brazil's top soccer league. If See if I can pronounce this one correctly. The Campeonato Brasileiro Serie A, Brazil's top league. And they're going to get that, that, and Paramount Plus is going to be able to do an U.S. English language broadcast version of that through 2023. See, that one's more complicated because it's Portuguese. Oh, well, you, okay. you know, uh, not not like easy to decode using Spanish yeah. skills. Um, more soccer, awesome <laughs> for people that like soccer. You Great. know. Uh, you know, somebody out there is really excited about this stuff. So that's well, I, I would say because I mean, soccer is yeah. a worldwide thing. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. there's somebody out there. Uh, sure. All right. Here's a story which is definitely not the story of the week. This is a story about Roku and their and their devices that are being. Uh, they've had a way of you getting in and, and rooting the devices. This allowed uh, uh, some developers to get in there and do. Uh, do some modifications to the system and add their own software on top of it without having to go through the Roku Roku store. Um, but uh, looks like it required a specific kind of uh, of Roku OS version 9.4 or earlier using a Rock a Realtek chip, not Rockwell chip. And uh, it's it looks like also at this time uh, uh, Roku has come up and fixed the patent, the hole that was being used on those devices. So. Even if you had one of those, it's very likely an update has been applied and you no longer have access to it. So mm -hmm. I'm just curious, if, if if you could root root your Roku, what would you do to it that it doesn't already do? I was going to say this seems kind of pointless. It's not like it's a super powerful device. Like when we hacked our Xboxes, that allowed us to play games and create backups and do things, play media. There wasn't streaming media at the time. You know, it, the people didn't have uh, network attached storage. Um, so then, you know, you were able, you had a powerful computer that you could do other stuff with. Yeah, I don't get the point. I don't get the point of. Uh, uh, one one advice I'd give that if you are going to do something like this, don't have any financial information on that device. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. For sure. All right. All right, and here's a story, which is obviously the story of the week. If you are a, t a guy who likes to uh, adjust the, t the, uh, the the TVs for a living, uh, a professional uh, has gone out and done a, a review of the t Apple TV's auto collaboration utility, which uh, calibrator, which allows you to cal calibrate your TV with an Apple t with the Apple TV device and an iPhone. Uh, this uh, uh, he's uh, gone out and said that oh yeah with lower end TVs this probably would get do a pretty good job but with the higher end ones it tends to make the screen bluer said the man whose job is very likely close to being replaced with an app. <laughs> well, uh, to his credit, if it worked well, he would probably be on board because it would make his life easier he would still charge people the same amount of money and then just use the Apple. Um, <laughs> and he wouldn't be out there saying anything about it. Um, the fact that he is makes me suspect that there might be something to it. Um, but also I don't trust the auto uh, calibrator anyway. 
because I mean, as I've, as I realized over the last couple of years, I apparently don't see color the way everybody else does. Oh, are you, sir? Are yeah. you colorblind? No, I just see like I used to, when I was married, I would get into arguments or with, with the, oh. the wife about, I would say that things are green and she's like, you're crazy. That's blue. I'm like, no, right. it's green. And then, but I've, I figured out there's certain things that, yeah. So if I used an auto thing like that, it probably wouldn't look good to me anyway. The, the problem with the, you know, in my opinion, the problem with auto tuning or with, you know, just tuning, tuning the display is that it assumes all content is recorded and prepared. Yeah in exactly the same way, which is very definitely not true. Yeah, it helps to have a solid base, but you probably can do that with your eye on your favorite show. And at least that one show is going to look really good and everything else is going to look look good, right? Um, mm -hmm. th there's just gonna be differences in the way that shows are recorded anyways. So you can't really adjust. It would be, it would be great if you could have an app or a device that would auto adjust it every time for every show. But uh, unless also, it's doing that, it's not gonna really be all that perfect. Also the thing that confused me when they announced this is it uses the front facing camera, the low resolution camera. <laughs> it, that doesn't do matter. This. It, that yeah. doesn't matter. It just I know, I, I, I didn't say it did. I just said, that's the thing that's always kind of confused me. Because if you're going to try and calibrate something, wouldn't you want the higher resolution? You would probably uh, want, or at least the larger sensor or something like that. Yeah, I mean, better fidelity. Um, Maybe if it gets such good fidelity, you can see the pixels, and that's a problem. You need to, you need to have Maybe. that worse quality. You know, okay. <laughs> who knows? All right, uh, and what is clearly the story of the week for people who like to read their podcasts Spotify is automatically transcribing their podcasts. That's right. You'll be able to watch a line-by-line -line feed of the show that you're listening to. So you can read it at the same time. And if you wish to, you can go and find a, that, a transcription. Scroll to a point in where, where you're like, oh, there's a thing that they end up we're talking about. Tap on that point, and it will bring up that point of the audio of the podcast, which is actually a pretty cool feature if you're looking for that. Yeah, apparently Zoom does the same thing, but we don't use it. <laughs> The um, this reminds me a little bit of like what what you get in Kindle when you have a audio book and a yeah, Kindle book. That, that, you can that, that's pretty cool integration. Because depending on the book, you know, when I'm when I'm listening to like a fiction book, it, it's no big deal. I, I don't really want to remember a specific passage usually. But um, you're not you're not to saving those bits to quote them. And what? Your date, I said you're not saving those. Uh, witty clips uh, from your fiction books to quote while you're in meetings no i i don't do that uh, okay. I, I i often feel left out when people do quote fests and i can't remember any quotes because i don't i don't really care um generally but um but what i would say is that like if i'm listening to a business or a software like an architecture book or something like that i don't listen to them a lot but sometimes i do just to get through them um and so then if i could do a whisper sync and pull it up and bookmark the uh, the the book so that i can go back to that important point uh i think that would be really cool and so i understand the value of it in uh, podcasts because 
a lot of the podcasts I listen to are semi-educational or informative, so. All right. Uh, here we are with uh, what has clearly been, so this uh, week we had a, a, a lot of stories from Google I.O. Uh, a lot of people were expecting some large announcements for products and things like that. We didn't really get much of that, but we did get a, uh, some things that uh, do uh, hit us in the streaming services section of the news. Uh, starting with uh, Google finally is providing uh, a way for you to control your Android TV um, with your phone as a remote. It makes your phone uh, basically a, a giant touchpad feeling a little Apple-like, actually, the Apple remote for the Apple TV, how it used to be, where you're going to be able to control it with a with swiping on the top part and then with some buttons on the bottom for you to control uh, the devices uh, that way. It'll be something you'll be able to swipe down from the newer version of the OS, uh, well, uh, Android 12, which is, was um, announced in beta this week, and you will be right in the quick settings there for you to open it up and to access this. I didn't have this already. <laughs> yeah, that was my thought exactly. Like, really, uh, there was a a remote for Android TV previously. Um, I don't I think this one. is. Yeah, there was one. I don't know. Maybe they got rid of it years ago. I remember one before. I've always had a remote for my Roku. That's the only way I enter usernames and passwords to site when I sign it. Set up a new Roku. Uh, it's the only time I ever use that remote. Uh, all of my LG uh, Android phones had a TV remote built in, except for my last one. That was the first one that didn't have an IR blaster. Hmm. Very cool. But yeah. Another thing announced at Google I.O. was a Google, one of the Google's little, uh, moonshot projects. This is called Project Starline. Uh, it is a quote-unquote magic window which allows you to uh, have a fairly large screen TV in front of you and a bunch of sensors around it, which captures you and somebody at the other end of, the, of this uh, video conferencing service has the same thing at their end. It, instead of just being a video conferencing unit, what it's doing is it's capturing the 3D image of the person and, and doing a texture mapping of that person onto the 3D image, which allows you to literally look around and see that person in 3D uh, very, uh, in any way you look at it. So it's doing eye tracking to see where you're looking from and it's providing that 3D image. Really, it supposedly, from the, what they've been saying, does a fairly good job of making it feel like that person is actually right there with you. But... I think they're just doing that trick they've been doing in haunted houses forever, <laughs> which was if you stand, if you put a mirror at the end of a hallway and you stand off to the side with a light behind you, it looks like you're, th uh, you're there in the room, you know? And cause I'm looking at the thing on the table pointing up at the mirror. I'm pretty sure it's this, I don't remember what that's called, uh, but that's exactly what they're doing. Well, it, it might more be. like a hologram to me. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I, you guys will have to see the, the video to see what, exactly how they're doing it. Yeah. It is attempting to do some interesting stuff. For example, uh, the whole idea of, of making a 3D representation of you and then mapping your own image on top of that 3D representation of you seems mm -hmm. redundant. But, there is, but it's got to do something. I think also that on top of the fact that it's doing the, the eye tracking of you so you can look over here and that person, literally you get to see that 3D representation of that person from the side and all that. Yeah. It makes it feel better for you. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Pepper's Ghost, I think is the thing I'm thinking of. Yeah. 
the thing right. that you know what makes a difference is the the perception of depth on the person and while you know moving your head and stuff is is not really what that's not really what this is about right it's about making it look like the person is physically there when you see a person right. there you see that depth when you look at a tv or a monitor you don't your eye knows the difference between um, a two-dimensional image of somebody and a three-dimensional uh, actual person um, even though like all the lighting is still the same and stuff your eye can tell the difference um, so it's really cool that they've found a way to do this i just feel like it, it, there's really probably not that much value in this as it is i wonder what the ultimate point would be uh, you know i don't care if i if it looks if if i'm my eyes are tricked into seeing you physically be there i still know you're not there and it's not going to make me feel more um, connected to you or um, less lonely because i have somebody that looks like they're there they're still not there you know i don't think that will help that much but um we'll see what else what the other uses they can come up with yeah. Well, maybe it's the first step in the holodeck direction there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. See, now that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just make this a video game and suddenly we're all very interested. All right. <laughs> uh, another thing we came out of Google I.O. is uh, we have uh, uh, new updates for how uh, developers can make uh, Android apps for their cars for Android Auto. Uh, looks like they've done some things in order to make it a lot easier for the developers to uh, port their apps over to it. As we discuss, mm. discussed in weeks before, that they've actually opened up uh, a, a couple additional uh, categories to the Android Auto system, including the parking app, a newer app, uh, a different navigation apps, and the electrical vehicle apps, like to track your vehicle or to find yourself a vehicle uh, charging solution. Uh, so they are pushing as part of Google I.O. to make this as easy as for possible for developers to take their existing apps and bring it over to the automotive platform. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to see that they're still uh, moving forward. They haven't abandoned Android Auto yet. Uh, I had to go without my Android Auto for almost a week while I was between phones, and it was excruciating. <laughs> I, I it became immediately noticeable how dependent I am on or how much I rely on Android Auto. Um, mm. And yes, they need to keep making it better. What's what's the difference between Android Auto and Android Automotive? There's no Android Automotive, I believe. I just called it the automotive platform. Is there an auto, automotive? I mean, that's I what they're saying here is that allows you to make them for both Android Auto and Android Automotive. Not certain. That is obviously yeah, something. Says, um, There's no I way think, to know. Oh, we can't figure I, it out. I think Android Automotive is uh, a built-in thing for uh, the car certain for electric vehicles. Oh, okay. It says the electric vehicle or the EV is currently the only car with Android Automotive. Oh, okay. okay. Um, for the Polestar to EV. <laughs> whatever well, Polestar is. I mean, I it know. seems silly that they have a separate uh, version for that, but whatever the reason, obviously it's good when you make multiple types of devices develop one yeah. place and use it in lots. I think, always a good thing. I think the difference is Android Automotive is a big screen that can do video. 
whereas Android mm. Auto is more of just a interface hmm, between okay. all it all Android Auto is doing is just acting as the intermediary between my phone and my car. Um, mm. So interesting. Very cool. All right. Uh, so uh, Google has also updated their Google Cast, which is their their ability to take uh, some type of media from a device and send it off to another device. They're making it so it's much easier to, to transfer a stream. So uh, the, already you could transfer music from one speaker to another. But uh, it, other things like videos and other streams that you may want to uh, transfer are now going to be available to be uh, movable from device to device. For example, maybe you were starting watching the show in one TV on one room and decided to move to another room that would make it easy for you to transfer using this. Uh, they also are providing what looks like stream expansion, the ability for you to go ahead and say, hey, play this on multiple devices simultaneously. And uh, so this is just them taking their existing casting platform and making it better. This was more, this article was more interesting when I was thinking of this, like Disney calls all their employees cast members. <laughs> I figured that Google fired everybody and they brought in a new team and that new team made it easier to move audio between devices. That's a much more compelling story. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. the thing, what I think would be interesting is, uh, you know, it sounds like this is still, it makes it easier, but it's still not automated. I mean, for me, I have Echo devices throughout my house. I'd love to be able to start music in one room and have it just detecting my phone as I walk into the next room and then just transfer the music with me everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. um, that it was... should happen automatically. It, Android, you know, Google owns your everything about your phone and might as well be doing that for you. That was the thing that Microsoft uh, promised us back in the early 2000s, uh, yeah. remember, uh, but yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a pretty cool feature to you know be able to transfer from room to room, but you know the feature I'd like to see What's is that? if I'm watching TV, if it detects that I've fallen asleep, it pauses the, the show, <laughs> right? But Until I wake back up again. Then you're going to have to let Google look at you. All the time. All the time. <laughs> but <laughs> no, they would just tie into, remember we talked about there's that new yeah. Google Home that knows when you're sleeping. It knows when you're awake. <laughs> it knows, it knows you're when you're bad or good. <laughs> so you better just be good. <laughs> so okay. could you... Put that feature in there for goodness sake. Yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> I mean, they're the same thing. They should just talk to each other and be like, hey, 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 Steve, pause. Yeah, hey, he, he, he's asleep. <laughs> I agree. I think that is a wonderful idea. That's a feature everybody should have. By the, by the way, your your TB's name is Steve. My, that one? <laughs> well, Jimmy's. Oh, his Jimmy's. Echo, his Echo told Steve to. Never. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, this is Larry. So sorry. All right. Uh, so also we had from Google announcement. Uh, one last little announcement from Google I/O is that uh, uh, YouTube Music is finally coming to the Wear OS. It, so interestingly enough, they uh, Google said, "Hey, you remember this uh, platform we made about watches? These Google watches, you know, this platform that we uh, we it's basically Android on your wrist, gives you all your notifications, and can even run uh, uh, Android apps on it." Yes, 
I, I played some interesting Android apps on this watch, by the way, just to see if I could. Um, you, you would think that they would have their own platform for uh, you know music on it, and uh, they haven't for a year. Uh, guess what? They're finally starting to do that. So uh, we're going to finally see YouTube music being brought to the Wear OS. You will be able to have offline music on it. You can leave your phone behind and play Bluetooth from your watch to your, your, your Bluetooth pet devices. And uh, if you wish to, you can do that, run without your phone for whatever reason you want to do that for. Uh, uh, how much storage? Uh, so I, this you one can, has a, you, this you one can keep four a whole five songs. Okay, like get, the original get... shuffle. <laughs> Guys, if it's, if it's like the Apple Watch, I mean, you get 16 gig here. Yeah. Right? Well, can, also Android does fair. typically support micro USB. Or I mean, or not micro, uh, micro SD. Um, but also, as part of this announcement, uh, 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 Google is working with Samsung on their, uh, with some of the next uh, Android Wear watches, which is a good thing because Samsung actually made a pretty good wear, uh, good watch of their own. The only problem with their watch was that it was running Tizen. And uh, they finally figured out at Samsung that nobody wants to make an app for Tizen. So back to Wear OS. But they're still, which is why they're now pushing Bixby even harder. Oh. They're like, we can't be completely uh, wasted our money. Um, I'll talk about Bixby later. <laughs> All right, and here's a story which is clearly the uh, the uh, the story of some people's week. Uh, Pornhub is making is using the AI technology that's used to remaster a whole bunch of different films uh, to bring them up to 4K, and taking that same technology to some of the oldest erotic films that uh, were out there, and probably some of them are. Uh, oh, either owned by Pornhub one way or another or in the public domain. So if you ever wanted to see some of those old movies in glorious 4K, uh, Pornhub has got you covered, I guess. <laughs> what does they say? The porn industry basically leads the technology, and uh, but this time they're actually a little behind. Uh, are they? <laughs> well, I mean, no, we've who, seen, who's, we've using, other... who's using AI to... Uh fix old movies on a big scale uh, that's true i i guess that's that's only been done a little in a couple of yeah people have so done far. it as like proof of concept right <laughs> but nobody's actually done it on a like a like an actual production uh you know my my my, my favorite level, silly thing about the story <laughs> my favorite silly thing about the story is that the uh the image here is an image of a very pixelated picture that is not clear exactly what it is, but it's obviously something that probably shouldn't be seen, um, which is definitely not 4K. And so they're obviously upscaling it to make it look better. I mean, the the interesting thing, like Clyde is insinuating, right, is that this is, this is a, a pretty powerful technology, being able to boost video to 4K and 60 frames per second and, um, color correct the entire video so that it looks modern and current that's it's pretty powerful there's a lot of in my opinion a lot of good movies from the past that just don't look great and this technology applied to those uh, tv shows that you used to watch you know i mean you could re-watch mash and it would look good so <laughs> 
I think we, you guys really buried the lead here because they they said, you know, oldest erotic films. And I know most people are thinking like 70s, maybe 60s. No, this goes back to 1896. Wow. Okay. 1896. And it says the library of 20 scenes also includes an 1897 short. But I the thing that really got me was the final comment which it said uh so if watching threesomes or kinky cosplay from the 1920s and 4k with plinky plonky silent film music is your thing <laughs> you'll know just where to find it and as you know what is with rule 42 on the internet <laughs> there's a guy out there that's his thing <laughs> all right and okay, what is and last story of the week, which is obviously the story of the week, Microsoft is taking their Internet Explorer and they are for real killing it in June of 2022. Yeah, 30, 35 years of having to deal with Internet Explorer, which has only been good in version, what, 3.0, I think was the only good version that I can ever think of Internet yeah, I Explorer. Know. All I know is I'll believe it when it happens. They've been <laughs> saying that well, it, it was going away next year since 2014. 2014 2015 and every year it's next year every year it's next year so and i mean we'll they still have edge which is for all intents and purposes it's better it's chrome so yeah it, it was it's better but it's yeah chrome. i mean it's better but it's still just an iteration of microsoft's browser so no it's chrome <laughs> no it, it's literally chrome it is literally <laughs> it, it, chrome it's built on chromium right? it's all chrome now that's it is. all edge is now yeah it, i just th they're gonna screw that one up just as good as oh, they did oh, the old sure one. They are, but it's the the fact that they're out or uh internet explorer itself needs to die because <laughs> Until it dies, you will still have applications that only work, that were only developed for it, which forces you to use it. Just like Flash. Flash finally died. And we are all free from Flash. And now if somebody um, comes up to you and says, oh, this requires Flash, you have the absolute right and power to say To laugh no, in their face. It does not really require Flash because Flash no longer exists. No, I, oh, what you do is you always, you on the off chance someone asks you or tells you that it requires flash, you should always wear a trench coat and you say like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, Just, no, no, no. Like the, yeah. the flash, you know, the DC comic the, here? Oh, the flash. You know, you know yeah. I, I bought one of the original IMAX and you, you could get Internet Explorer on that. Yes, yeah. you could. You're, you're missing the key, the key line here, though. I mean... Edge has a built-in Internet Explorer mode. So you don't have to get rid of those old websites that only work on IE. The, the beautiful thing about that mode is that it's emulating some of the settings in order to try to uh, uh, open a page like Internet Explorer. It is not actually using Internet Explorer. You actually, so. The other beautiful thing yeah. is people like my dad will never figure out how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> So therefore, it's dead. It's gone. No, it, it's, it doesn't matter. No, it does because the the reason, for example, um, USAA. When I worked there, we had all of our internal websites had to have. We had to have Internet Explorer configured on the intranet to use IE 
I, I can't remember like IE seven settings. Yeah. For compatibility, the thing. websites to work because they were written in old .NET code yep. that hadn't been updated, and so it didn't have. It had a lot of custom um, JavaScript commands that that didn't exist that, that should have never existed, but were written specifically for IE, and so. Um, you had to do that. This is still allowing us. So what I'm saying is you're still going to have companies running old SharePoints that only work properly in IE. You're going to have companies running their own, own old intranets. So from an IT person, and that's all that I really care about, my perspective, it's not going to necessarily get rid of this bane of existence that is IE. I still have a guy who has to once a year run this report. And in order to run this report, he has to run it in IE, and use Silverlight, <laughs> which Silverlight is actually dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, so at which point I said, I, I thought this, we still have to do this. We have to make this work. Oh my goodness. I called the company up and I said, you can't do this next year. Do, it won't work next year. Does it, does it also include embedded, embedded uh, video that only plays with QuickTime? No, not this one. <laughs> oh, real players. Sorry, it was real, real player. player. Oh, no. Real player. The worst video qu uh, quality ever. At least. But you got to give real player credit because they created, they were the first ones to allow like streaming. Like what yeah. we're doing right now oh, yeah. was made possible by real player. No, no, real player decided that they were going to cut every single quality corner of the quality of video still, in order matter. to make it so it worked over your 28.8K modem internet connection, yeah. which I appreciate because somebody yeah. had to make that happen. And they basically took that on and they kind of ruined themselves in the long run because they kind of like made this horrible product to do this thing and they didn't evolve it well enough or fast enough for people to go... Okay, this this yeah. kind of sucks. Let's and we can't use this anymore. What what are we else? Oh, QuickTime. That looks actually looks good. And at QuickTime, we did look good for the longest time. I mean, radio, at least radio on the internet. At least Real Player and Flash did revolutionary things for their times. Oh yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Streamlight never did. Oh. <laughs> it just so never needed to yeah. exist. Um, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of real player, my mind Silver automatically light, yeah. goes to Winamp, which <laughs> Kicks is ass. it's still great <laughs> and it's still and out there, it's guys. Relatively mm -hmm. unchanged, mm -hmm. which is why it's still great. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Winamp is uh, was picked up by the community and has been kept essentially the same. That's yep. still running, still modern, plays all the new codecs. Winamp yep. still kicks the llama's ass. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, let's move on before they give us a title yeah. of something you, along the lines of Fogies Wax Nostalgic. You, you know what else <laughs> kicks the llama's ass? Our patrons, the amazing people that see benefit in what we do every month, and they choose to dedicate or they choose to contribute with their hard-earned cash. Oh, you guys you. are so awesome. Nice. And so uh, nice. please, please don't actually kick any llamas in the ass because you're likely to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, but, another uh, bunch of the llama will come back at you. Yeah, yeah they, they're, they're not, they, they don't take no guff. But 
yeah, you guys are awesome. We appreciate it. If you are uh, realizing, hey, I would like to help these guys keep doing this weirdness that they do every week. Um, it's really easy. Just go to patreon.com slash the bot squad. They're a very low bar to entry or low barrier. How low is the bar? Uh, $1 a month, once a month. Man, that, that, that is literally is so low. That is literally the Patreon minimum. We, we would charge you less if we could, but we can't. That bar is so low, a, a bunch of, of, of twits couldn't jump over a, a, a series of matchboxes to do that, to, nope. to do that as well. Come on. Did, did you just like throw down a gauntlet? With no, 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 no. I, the, I, no, I'm sorry. I oh. just uh, referenced the Twits <laughs> Olympics, which is a skit from Monty no, no, Python. I was gonna say because I'm okay with that. I, I, I'm okay with that if you want to start a war with Twit. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I don't that, think that's how you get our name out there. That would work if we could get Leo to get angry at us, that would be great <laughs> because there's enough people that are angry at Leo that would come over here just out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> Leo, actually, I love listen. I listen to your, to your show every week, but uh, sure, go ahead and get angry at us. That's fine. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it should be fun. All righty. Um, on that note, uh, let's let everybody else get angry at us, or you guys can get angry too with some rants and some rapes. Rants, raves, anything in between. What do we got? Murphy. Murphy. Like Murphy. Murphy's Law, the heart New York hardcore band, not like the hardcore rock band. No, Murphy's Law, like the uh, the saying, "If it was to go wrong, it will." I have two Synology NASes at at work. Uh-huh. One of them just popped up today and said, "Oh, the raid is degraded." I'm like, oh, that's not good. So I check it out. It's a four bay NAS, uh-huh. and two of the drives just disappeared gone oh are you in raid five no i was right i'm I'm doing raid six so oh Oh, okay so you can tolerate two i'm like i can handle two failures that's great interesting that they both they both no normally when a a drive uh fails it's still visible but marked as degraded Mm -hmm. and you know he's got this many errors and all this other stuff no the two drives disappeared Mm. that's which was interesting so I went ahead and uh, got on the on the text with uh, with the Synology support and said, "Hey, this is weird, right?" And they said, "Yeah, that's weird. You sound like you had two hard drives fail." I was like, "I don't know." Hey, even though the grade is degraded, I can reboot the device, right? Yeah, it should reboot and come come right back up. Okay, I'm gonna go do that. So I go over to my server room. I see it, it says two drives are down. Great. I shut it down properly. I wait a few seconds try to turn it back on it doesn't turn on just doesn't turn on the power light blinks a little and then it turns off that's not good so i go ahead and decide to unplug all the hard drives because at this point i don't think this is a hard drive problem i've got some i put uh four 10 terabyte drives in this and they're not cheap so i want to save those guys pull those out pull the power wait a couple seconds plug the power back in try to turn it on now the light doesn't even blink it's just not booting. So I went ahead and called the guys and said, okay, I don't think it's the drives. I think it's dead. And they, after they talk about it, there are various things. They're like, ooh, yeah, I think it's dead too. 
hey, let's see if it's under warranty. Warranty last, last month. <laughs> but the guys at Synology are awesome. They're honoring their warranty. They're going to go ahead and send me a replacement unit. Uh, it was very nice of them. I really appreciate that of them. They're, they're really good guys. I still recommend Synology NASA's. Uh, it's just that, damn that Murphy. <laughs> That's wow. it. That was my my afternoon. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Oh, unfortunately, I guess I'll go next. Um, so did, yeah. did your Synology die too? No, it did not. My Synology is doing just fine. Okay, good. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna do something I've not done before, which is recommend a podcast. What? And that that podcast is Star Talk. Ah. Uh, Star Talk uh, is Neil deGrasse Tyson, mm -hmm. your personal astrophysicist. So um, I don't know. I think they have a, a TV show too. I've uh, I've watched that maybe a couple of times, not not too many times. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty steady with the uh, podcast. And uh, this week's episode was uh, uh, pretty good. It, it, uh, they brought in Andy Weir to talk about his new book. Oh, don't say anything. I'm still reading it. Yeah, it's uh, well, the only thing I'll say is just the title of it, right? Hell, yeah, Mary, that's fine. Right, right. But, um, uh, but yeah, he, he comes in and talks a little bit about his, his book and all, you know, the science fiction. Uh, but but if you you know if you like science, right, and you like it presented in an entertaining way, this is this is a good podcast, right? I think I think if you're a nerd at all, you'll probably enjoy this podcast, right? So uh, I recommend you know give that a try. Star Talk uh, is, is the name of it. Star Star Talk Radio. Is what yeah, it's I, I unfortunately have I believe that that would be the third podcast that I have to not listen to right now until I finish the book because. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear what he has to say until I finish the book, quite frankly. What um, book is so. it? Uh, the book Hail, is Hail Mary. Hail Mary. Okay. And it's a uh, hard sci-fi. It's the same guy who made The Martian. And mm -hmm. so okay. if, that, if, if you like that kind of thing, um, and I am I am totally enjoying the book. It's a little bit, it, it's a little bit beyond the kind of sci-fi I like actually it's not quite exactly the, the Martian it's a little bit more my kind of speed but it's still mm -hmm. good I'm still enjoying it I'm still I'm trying to finish it it is sucking up most of my time when I'm not oh. dealing with synology masses I I tend to be more aliens like the movie sci-fi so uh, hard sci-fi can be enjoyable but I'd rather have aliens blowing things up this uh makes so the podcast Sounds up my alley. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yep. Say, I got uh, one. I, I get one more thing to say. Mm -hmm. And Clyde, you're gonna like this. Uh huh. You're, you're switching Bosch. to Android. Bosch seventh season coming out oh. this summer. Oh, even better. Yeah. I, I I I'm still of the opinion that I think they should have just ended it with the last season. It it was the perfect out. Everything was tied up. Maybe it was, but, you know, but I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say no either because I think it, it's a well done show. I've enjoyed every season. And even if this seventh season is not as good as, you know, some of the other seasons, it's still going to be pretty good. 
right? Because I mean, it's just yeah. a you know, well done show. Yeah. Cool. cool. Um, so I haven't uh, watched a ton of shows lately. I did uh, watch the most recent episode of American Idol, um, which, you know, I, this year I'm enjoying it. I don't, I, I generally only like half watch it while, while my wife is uh, watching it. Um, this year I'm actually, there's some actually good um, musicians in my opinion. Um, Though the, the only thing I wanted to mention is that one of the judges is uh, Luke Bryan, I think is his name, Brian or Brian or whatever. Um, he's a country singer. He performed this last episode and I just couldn't help but think that he's not even good enough to make it into the top 10 on his own show. Um, it was, it was, it was okay. He wasn't bad, but I, I'm impressed this year with how good the singers are, the, that are performing that's the guy i always think is chandler <laughs> every time i see his face i think it's uh what's his face from friends yeah Ch chandler bing yeah yeah that's that's chandler that's fair, Bong, right? if you like, remember that episode anyways i thought that was funny um still watching alone almost done with the current season and um the the real thing for me though is i recently read an, a new book that was a little departure from my usual. Um, it was called Thank You for My Service by Matt Best. And he's a ex-Army Ranger that um, this is kind of like his life story. He's one of the founders of Black Rifle Coffee Company. Oh. And um, he's also known as MBest11X on YouTube. And so I, I I bought the book. I don't know. Amazon recommended it for me. I thought it sounded good. I absolutely loved it. Phenomenal story about a man who's, um, you know, a, a real patriot and um, did some really interesting, awesome stuff between the being an army ranger and a CIA contractor and stuff. Uh, um, really, really cool. Absolutely hilarious. It's, um, it's, it's a hard R from a um, language and, and topic perspective, but it's a, it's a good book uh, if you're okay with a little bit of vulgarity and language and stuff. Um, but really, really great book. And so then I've, I started watching some of the Black Rifle Coffee, Coffee Company ads on YouTube and um, his YouTube channel. And he's got some pretty hilarious stuff there too. So um maybe if you like guns and um, patriotism and stuff, you might enjoy some of his, uh, some of those videos. So thank you right. for my service. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for my service too. <laughs> okay. Uh, based on earlier conversation, uh, I think this is going to be a little bit awkward because mm -hmm. I came here to discuss and completely spoil a new book by Andy Weir called Hail Mary. Oh, no. Uh, so, no, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so for those of you that have been following the ongoing saga of Clyde's phone and uh, uh, otherwise known as the product that made LG quit the mobile phone division. Or, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got a work phone last week and my only option was to go with an iPhone 12 
or the Samsung S20. And I got the Samsung. I crossed my fingers because everybody says, oh, the, it's no longer touch whiz. It's so much better. I didn't say that. No, I, no, I didn't say you. I said, I said people that I keep hearing. I keep hearing that, that the new UI is much it's better. Just, I didn't say that. Um, yeah, I, it's irritating me so much. Number one, all the buttons are backwards for no other reason than Samsung. Samsung. So yeah. I, I've been using Android since 2010, 2011 and the, so the back button's on the right, isn't it? It's on the wrong side. They put it on the um, right, don't they? Yeah. Uh, those people. And the the oh the other thing that's driving absolute crazy is if you swipe on the clock, it like goes to this weird menu rather than unlocking my phone. Well, when I'm using my phone, I swipe right there, so it keeps taking me into some stupid. Oh, sorry, you can't see it. I swipe right there. And so it keeps right across the clock. So it keeps taking me into this sub mode that I don't want. I can't turn it off. Mm. <sighs> yeah. But so let's see if I can do it. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see, but either. Sorry, way. Clyde. Well, are, are you able to uh, uh, get your, install your own apps? I, I, As... I, oh, no, I've got my own apps on here. So are you uh, I able just saw your launch. I don't want. I'm not interested in loading another launcher, because every time I've done that, it's just, eh, I, it's layers that I don't want. Um, okay, but it'll it'll make the phone better. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, cause I, I, um... I tried running Nova a couple times through the years, and it just I ended up always having to go back to the original. Okay. Um, but. <sighs> I, I gotta say I have the exact same opinion in reverse. I've been using yeah. Samsung phones forever. Yeah. And so every time I use somebody else's phone, I'm just annoyed at the buttons being backwards. <laughs> oh, here, let's yeah. see if we can do this. Oh, see, it goes into this weird menu when I swipe I had swiped on the clock. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. I just want to open my phone. Yeah, it's, but that's what I was saying is it's, I've used lots of different Android phones and then the Samsung ones are always, they're just backwards for, because Samsung, that's really the only reason. Mm -hmm. And if you, I mean, if that's what you've been using forever, you know, more power to you, mm -hmm. but it's uh, really, really causing me problems. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm, hey, do what you got to do. Yeah, you can always go for one of the Pixel phones, right? No, I can't because this is provided by work. I only had two options. You're, they won't let you buy your own phone? Well, no, the whole point is they're picking up the tab. Yeah, they're I providing the phone. No. Um, yeah, because it, it, it's through them. They okay. If I was going to buy a phone, I would just buy another phone and put my old sim in it and not worry about the work phone okay. but yeah it's just whatever <laughs> grumpy i'm sorry man yeah i i'm just mad at lg you you guys <laughs> why hast thou forsaken me
<laughs> I've been your biggest defender for several years. And then you're just like, <laughs> oh, we got him. Finally. Run away. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, uh, let's wrap this up. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us again this week. Um, if you're checking in after the fact, you should come join us live sometime. Uh, we do this live every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Central, here on Twitch. You get to participate in the chat or don't participate in the chat. You get to submit titles if you want to, and you get to vote on those titles uh, if you stick around for the post show, yes, there is a post show. Uh, it's only available here on Twitch. Uh, but for those of you that are here live, if you kind of would rather listen to us, you can. Uh, in your car, on the toilet, we don't care. We don't judge. Uh, you can download the podcast anywhere that podcasts are available. Um, but... For that, oh, and reminder, this Saturday is Movie Party. We've got the Movie Party with Sky Sharks, and I think we're going with Sand Sharks. We're going to do the Sky in the Sand. Uh, so that'll be Saturday. Uh, Big Boys J will be kicking things off at 7 p.m. Central, I hope, uh, with the Big Boys J show. Uh, that is the whole reason at this point. That is the whole reason I do still do the movie party is because big boys Jay is doing his thing and everybody's already there. So we may as well stick around and watch some movies afterwards. So, uh, yeah, I, anything else guys? No, no, I'm good. Going once, going twice. Sold. See you guys later. <laughs> Bye. Good night. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>